So here we are, Just Don't Care Yourself Today podcast. Uh, today we have Rachel Johnson or whatever her last name is today. Thank you for listening and hope you're having good holidays. Here we go. Okay. You ready for your questions? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay. What is your full name? My full name is Rachel Elmer. Rachel Elmer what? Wait, what? What is your full name? Oh, Rachel Elmer. E-L-L-N-E-R. Huh, it's not it's not Rachel Johnson? Oh, Rachel Johnson Elmer. Ah, okay. My middle name is Johnson. Everybody gets tripped up on that. Ah, so Elmer is her last name. Yes, N with an R. E L L N E R. Now where does that come from? Well I've I've never that's a that's the last name I haven't haven't seen. I believe it's German and that was the last name of my first husband and I just Never gave it up. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, 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 uh-huh. okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Oregon. Uh, where in Oregon? What town? In Pendleton. Where is that? Is that close to Portland? Is that close to Seattle? No, Pendleton is a very tiny town. It's a tiny little rodeo town, and it's on the east side of the state. So how long would it take you to drive to Seattle? Let's say you're like, I want to go to Seattle tonight. Oh, yeah. That's like eight hours. Mm, whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can't, yeah, it's uh, not close. It's not close at all. You're like, oh. Uh. So if you're going to see a band, that's like, oh, hold on. I'll see you guys next week. It's, okay. close, to the, it's close to the wheat field and uh, the, the rodeo stadium. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get there from here. <laughs> Do you have any brothers or sisters, and tell me about them. I have no brothers, zero brothers, and I have one sister. Tell me about your sister. My sister is wonderful. She is a mom, and she works in the medical field. She is she's a much better singer than I am, and she's a good little mommy and a homemaker. Do you guys get along? Are you guys buddies? Yes, we get along. Yeah, I just texted her. I just texted her about the new face cream that I'm trying out. No, tell me about this face cream. Oh, my God. It's great. It's great. It's great. I got this little eye cream, and um, it's an anti-wrinkle cream. Lots of uh, peptides, ceramides, hyaluronic acid. I mean, just everything. Everything. What brand? I mean, is this Olivelay? I don't know this stuff. No, 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 no. This is... Um, like a real pharmaceutical grade skincare. It's called Zoe Skinceuticals. I don't know. It's very fancy. Just Z O. And uh, my mom sent it to me. She said, "Try this. You'll love it. You'll look amazing." <laughs> so I've been putting that on every night, and I just I feel I feel fantastic. Do you see a difference? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's also those things you're like. I always wait for someone to come up to me like, man, you look younger. And you're like, okay. I, I never feel like I look younger, but no, nobody knows. Nobody really knows. Tell me about your school. Did you enjoy school? Oh, I've always loved, yes, I love school. Like, I love school. I would be in school every day of my life if I could be. Were you good in school? Did you excel or did you just like going to school? I would say I did well most of the time. Uh, provided that, you know, provided that things were pretty good and calm in the world, I did fairly well. And, and I just, 
I didn't have, at most subjects, I didn't have to work a lot. Science and math, I studied a lot. Um, and I did have to work a little bit harder, but it kind of came naturally. And I like to read anyway, so I think that helped. And I really like structure. I really like structure. So I think, I think that's why I did well in school. How would you describe your childhood home? How was your home life? Was it happy or what was it like? It was happy and intact. There was certainly a lot of love in our family growing up. Uh, We had a lot of challenges. Like we faced a lot of challenges. So there were lots of happy times, but there were some big scary times too. And I think going through those as a family definitely made us stronger. But, you know, when you're kind of in the eye of the storm, so to speak, it's not always easy to see it that way, you know, at the, in the moment. Now, were those, uh, was it a financial, was it relationship? Was it what, what, what kind of, uh, issues? Yeah, a little, you know, a little bit of all those things. My mother is a long-term cancer survivor, which is incredible. Praise God to this day, she's healthy and well. Uh, but there were times when it was really scary, especially, you know, in my very early childhood, she was very sick and spent some time out of the home for a major surgery, for example. Uh, that was a big, scary time. They've weathered some financial storms, just things that life throws at you that you just can't really be prepared for or anticipate. So oh, tell me that story, how your parents met. This is a really good story. You haven't forgotten that story. No, that was amazing. Uh, it is an incredible story. It's pretty incredible. What I've been told, I wasn't there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so my parents met on a highway, I believe on the interstate, out there in eastern Oregon in the rural countryside. And my mom was driving down the road in her like she had a muscle car like she had a big muscle car I don't know (laughs) why I don't know like a GTO or something right I have no clue what it really was but this story goes she's driving down the road in in her muscle car and my dad is driving a big truck like his pickup truck or something like this and they met over CB radio she signaled to him, like, get right up there by his pickup and signaled to him, like, get on the radio. And they just struck up a conversation going down the road on the CB radio. Think about it. They were way before cell phones, internet. Mm-hmm. Like, these, your parents are, like, they're beyond their time. Like, they're using technology <laughs> before anybody <laughs> was using technology. If you think about it, like, it's really, that's a, such an amazing story. Well, they did definitely a creative use of the technology. That is for sure. <laughs> and plus, my mom is just wild. Like, she's just wild. She's a card. She's crazy. So, I mean, it's just absolutely something that she would do. You know? It really suits them. Now, were you, like, Episcopalian, Catholic, uh, Baptist? What, what, uh, what faith? Yeah, yeah. So, my mother was raised Catholic. My father was... I want to say Lutheran or Episcopalian, and I always mix those two up. I know they're different. Um, I was not raised Catholic. We were raised in um, Protestant church, um, in a Christian church, not Catholic. Um, 
Yeah, they're very charismatic, charismatic people. Did I ever tell you I got fired from being an altar boy? I lit the, the priest on fire when we were doing uh, communion one time. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I was so nervous. You know how you have to do the candles? Mm-hmm. And I got so nervous that my candle went down and it got on the robe and it lit his robe on fire. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is like a full house of people. <laughs> You know what they say, though, rejection is protection. <laughs> Our family was very much organized around faith and um, and church activities. That was a big part of growing up, a big, big, big part of my upbringing. And, you know, even though I've had different feelings or reactions to that over the course of my life, I think that the overall benefit was that it was positive. You know, it really laid like the strong value foundation, just provided a, you know, some kind of moral framework for how we wanted to be and how we wanted to relate to each other and to the world as a family and just gave us a real strong positive identity. So it did have that positive function, I have to say. So do you have a daily spiritual practice? Is there a certain thing you do every day, prayer, meditate, talk to Allah? Like, do you have a daily thing you do? What is your spiritual practice? Yeah, yeah. I really make sure absolutely every day in the morning, I make sure that as soon as my feet are on the ground, I've said a prayer, like something along these lines. Thank you for another day. Adjust my shitty thinking. Help me be the best person I can be today. That's great. Mm -hmm. We need more people doing that every morning. A regular meditation practice, a practice of self-reflection, lots of meditation for peace. Like, how can I cultivate more peace in the world? Last time we were talking, we were talking about learning about bipolar, everything you've learned from it. And tell me a little bit about that and what you've learned and how you've learned to cope. Yeah, I feel um, I feel like the biggest piece for me has been um, really getting in tune and understanding mood fluctuations. Because sometimes they can, if you are not prepared or you're not aware that your mood is shifting. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's a lot. Um, Just being able to understand when that's happening so that it isn't completely overwhelming. Honestly, that's, that's just a personal awareness process. Getting in touch with that has been very helpful. For me, I have problems with depression, and I noticed that I had problems with depression at a very young age. Mm -hmm. I knew that just like when things, I would get a lot lower than other people, and it would take me a longer time to get out of that lower. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, uh, I think of like, you know, like, remember the peanuts, like the black cloud, like it just stayed too long. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to, I just kind of shut down. I, you know, when you're young, you don't have the tools. And at that time, people didn't talk about depression. They didn't talk about anything. I, I wish they did, but it was very hush hush. Like we don't, you know, we have a perfect family. We don't talk about that stuff. No, certainly identify with that, um, that, you know, in my adolescence, the the lows, I think that's when the first um, bout of depression hit when I really couldn't ignore it because I I just 
physically felt like I absolutely could not get out of bed. Like I just couldn't. I physically could not. That's all I wanted to do is sleep. And I mean, that dark, dark, dark feeling lasted for days, but it wasn't like a little bit of sadness. It was like hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's so strange and disorienting because it really wasn't tied to anything happening in my life. It was just purely organic. And, you know, my family wasn't so much like that, that you don't talk about it, but it was certainly concerning. And I don't think anybody really quite knew what to do at that time. What helped you get the tools to to be where you are now? And, you know, was that through medication or uh, education or was it through changing your eating habits or your sleeping habits? You know, and, and the reason why I ask this question is for, you know, people who are listening that maybe that they haven't got the tools yet. Right. It was a combination of all of those things. And I'm a really big believer just in that, in the holistic model. You never, you just never know like what any one little tweak or adjustment of any of those pieces, you know, might be the real missing link for you. Yeah. So early on, I did, you know, start to see a therapist and start to work with a medical doctor. Um, but it was not, it was a process. It wasn't, you know, like go to the doctor one day and they'll write you a prescription and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> no, of course not. It was a really long process of having to understand, okay, my brain is different. My body is different. I have to eat different. I have to be careful of these things. I have to look out for this. And, you know, for one thing, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't even, I was, I did not accept that. I just thought that was pure bullshit. You know, I'm 16 years old. I don't want to hear that I have this health condition. I don't care. I'm 16, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really like, it, it, it was a long process of having to just, come to terms and be in acceptance and just learn how to do things a little bit differently. You know, the artist Billie Eilish, I saw this mm -hmm. great video. I, I tried to send it to you and she talked about mental health and she talked about the young kids today are so much farther than we were. And she was just talking mm -hmm. about how like, if you have a friend and they're just like, man, are you really okay? And, 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 you know, cause she's like, I dealt with mental illness and I, but this little PSA, this little thing she did, she just talked about mental. She's like, "Go get help. It's not uncool to get help. I got help. I right. get help. Like, let's get real, you know." And and right. just the way that she presented, I'm like, "God, I wish those people were around when I was growing up." Mm-hmm. I kind of think that they were. I kind of think they were, but I think they were seen as like we kind of looked at those people like, "Oh, those are just the do-gooders." Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, like I said, I was just so impressed and the way she was talking. I'm like, she just seemed like so like grown up. And so it's okay to have mental problems. And, and that's so good because all these people look up to her. They really, and for her to say those things, it's just, it, it's like, oh man, there's hope. There's hope for those kids out there. Absolutely. I feel like ending the stigma is half the battle. I really do. And, and, you know, and then you end up finding out that some of the people that you writers and friends and teachers and people that you look up to and people that you admire and people that, you know, you know, they're like, oh, I struggle with that. And you're like, what? 
You're yeah. struggling with that. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, oh. And then, and then there's that thing. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. No one's really alone if we start talking to each other. I remember finding out one of my favorite English professors had actually had a nervous breakdown. I remember when I found that out, I actually had more respect for her, not less, not less. But, you know, it was certainly not my place or there was really no appropriate way to acknowledge that. But I just wondered, like, how many people, if they were in that circumstance or situation, if they could just know that there are so many people that really love and embrace and support them on that issue, like how much easier that really could make your life. Like, just think about that. Yeah. I think about time wasted because you know, when you don't know where to go and you don't know how to talk to anyone, I know we're all wearing masks right now, but it's like, you're wearing a mask and you know, and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just going to go to school and, and you try to keep it together. And, yeah. and inside you're just, you're crushing and you're like, ah, and you know, but yeah. now if you don't have to wear that mask, you can go to your buddy or go to your friend or go to a, your parent or, you know, a therapist and say, man, I'm, I'm feeling these things. How do I, how do I deal with it? Cause it's about tools. You know, life is about having a toolkit. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got AAA, that's my toolkit. When my, my tire, <laughs> you know, when I get a flat, I call AAA, they come out, they fix it and talk to the guy. And, and then I'm on the road again. And yeah. because, you know, our car will break down our little scooter of life. will it's not always going to run like the way we want it to run every day. No, And nobody, what I think is really important nobody is exempt like everybody at some point in their life might need a little boost or some support and I just wish there weren't such this ironclad stigma around around needing help sometimes we lose a lot of people because they're ashamed to get help Mm -hmm. and it's a shame that that they're not here or that they are suffering. And, you know, I don't want anyone to suffer. I know you don't want anyone to suffer. And if they just talk to someone that you know really does not judge you and cares about you and wants the best for you, those are the people you turn to. And there is help and there is, there's so much help out there. And there's so many, you know, and there's so many people that want to help you. If you just say, I need help. 911 SOS. You know, now on if you have an iPhone, you can just talk to a therapist on an app. Like, you don't even have to leave your house. You don't even have to have a referral. Right. Just put in the issues like, I'm struggling with this, with anxiety, I'm feeling lonely. And you can just find a therapist on the app. It's incredible. So, uh, here's, a, here's another great question. Um, when did you last cry? Oh my god, two two hours ago. <laughs> okay. Actually, like probably like five o'clock this evening. Do you want, do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> sure. Oh man, I just I just busted up. I just busted up. I have some great housemates, and they were so so kind about it and so decent. I just I just said today I am really sick of quarantine and I'm really sick of COVID and I want to see my family for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel you. 
I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like to comfort yourself when you're sad or you're upset? I wrap up in a blanket, the softest blanket I can find. I'm very tactile. Uh, is there anything that you drink or is there any mantras or anything that you do you tune in or do you tune out to help get over that, that uh, whatever hard time you're going through? Oh, I'm, I'm a definite believer. You just have to move through it. Just let yourself have that experience, have that moment, do what you got to do. But the only way out is through. You got to feel all that process. So who were your role models growing up? Who'd you look up to? Absolutely my grandmother. She was something else. I still am aspiring to be like her. My grandmother and then Olympic gymnast. I really wanted to be a gymnast. (laughs) I was pissed when I found out I wasn't going to make it to the Olympic team. So how long were you a gymnast? Give me a little history. Like, what did you do? Yeah, well, I didn't start... I didn't even start taking gymnastics classes until I was 11. Okay. Which is really late in the game if you want to be good, right? Okay, okay. I think most Olympians start when they're three or four. Three? (laughs) Here's a bottle. Here's a mat. Get on there, buddy. Yeah, get on the mat. Um, But I loved it, you know, and I, I did it for maybe three or four years. And I did get to compete. I worked hard enough that I got to compete. I could tumble. You know, I could do tumbling. I could be on the balance beam. Do You have to do everything. If you compete, you have to compete in all the events. Oh, okay. okay. It's, not like, it's not like track where in track you can do like the mile or the shot put or, nope. you know. You have to do everything. So floor, beam, bars, and vault. And I was terrible on terrible on vault and terrible at bars like you're just so difficult you have to be so strong so flexible and honestly just a little crazy like just willing to throw yourself out there and I wasn't when did you know like this isn't for me I'm I'm not I'm not gonna cut it when did that happen oh probably when I froze in the middle of a competition and I would not get off the bar you're like I'm staying here yes I just wouldn't let go. I just would not let go. <laughs> they had to like the coaches had to like come out and help me get down. What books or people were a big influence in your life? Like you know, uh, for me, like when I started reading The Power of Now, that was a big book that helped me. Yeah, I learned th- I can learn things through books, but I feel like I learned more by sitting down and having a conversation with mm-hmm. someone. Harley, mm-hmm. I absolutely love this question. I love this question, and the most honest answer is that there are just absolutely, there are too many to list. I've had so many wonderful mentors and teachers over the years, and I mean, I I can tell you about a few of them. I'll sure tell you about a few, but what I feel is, I feel like when it's a critical time or like whatever big thing is happening in your life at that moment, I just feel like the right person comes in. Do you know what I mean? Really like Mm -hmm. when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I've had that happen to me so many times over and over again. Always the first things that come to my mind are 
mentors early on in my sobriety, like people who are helping me get sober and the people who introduced me to 12-step programs. First and foremost, when I was, oh my God, when I was first getting sober, I had no idea it was even possible, right? I had no idea. Yeah. And then, you know, when you get into recovery and you start meeting all these people who they're sober and they're happy and they know what it's like, they have been where I am and look at them, they're happy and they're functioning and it's just like a miracle, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd have to say like, my very first sponsor in 12 step because she just did not give up on me. Like she just, I think she knew that I really wanted it and that it was a little bit elusive in my mind. And she just kept showing up for me over and over again. I mean, till the day I die, I will just have so much, you know, just love and gratitude in my heart for that person. You know, later on, then really influential uh, teachers, uh, certain professors in college, just people who really were doing what I wanted to be doing, but just by virtue of them living their lives and being who they are, just being true to themselves, you can, you know, see, hey, this is possible, and here's the proof, because somebody else is doing it, like, I can do this too. So what did your grandmother teach you? Because I, I feel like that was someone you really you really got a lot of great lessons from. Yeah, she um, what I loved about my grandma, she she was and anybody who knew her could tell you that she was almost saint like she just had kind of this like saintly air about her. But she was like like a hip saint. She was like. Mother Teresa, but like Mother Teresa of the like, like street level, you know what I mean? Like she talked to people who were struggling with drugs. She talked to people in abusive relationships. She talked to people who were poor. She, you know, made amends with her twin sister on her deathbed. Just all these like really amazing things. Yes, just all these really amazing things. And she was so humble and she was so humble. She just, she just read, like she read the scriptures every day. Like she just knew the whole Bible, like the back of her hand, but she lived it and she was kind and she always gave from what little she had to give. And just like, there was no end to how infinitely wise and, cool she was like most people who are that like spiritual aren't that cool but she was cool you know (laughs) oh man um so she just I don't know she just taught me a lot of everything she taught me everything really that is so cool and so so when did she pass oh in 2014 I want to say yeah 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 but you know, it was her time and it was peaceful and I just, you know, for everything there is a season, you know? So here's here's another question off the beating path. Um, yeah. What was your favorite magazine? I, I know, I, do people even read magazines anymore? But um, I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, like when I was growing up, 
I liked Rolling Stone. I liked Q yeah. Magazine. Um, I liked um, National Geographic. You know, I, I I'm just I, I like Mad Magazine. I feel like magazines are going to slowly fade out because we're just going to be stuck on a screen the next 10, 15 years. I think you're right. I think you're so right. And I that thought just like breaks my heart, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I was kind of a geeky kid. I had a subscription to Time Magazine as a teenager. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great magazine. It was a great magazine. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, any other magazine? Did you like what Cosmopolitan? What were those girl magazines? There's a ton of yeah, there's a ton of girl magazines, like the little teeny bopper magazine. Um, like maybe it was just called Bop. I don't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't read a lot of that stuff. It was just kind of fluffy. Yeah, yeah. Why well, I really like the pictures. I was really in, that's why I like <laughs> National Geographic. <laughs> Really, my sister was more into that kind of stuff. I think she did have a subscription to, like, Cosmopolitan. (laughs) Here's another fun question. Tell me some of your favorite movies and favorite TV shows. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, my favorite TV show of all time is Law & Order Special Victims Unit. It's been my favorite television show for a very long time. Right now, I'm really enjoying Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. I did watch some Friends. I didn't watch a ton of Friends. My favorite... Seinfeld? I did watch... Yes, I watched some Seinfeld. Yeah. I did watch The Big Bang Theory when it was uh, That's on a TV. great show. That is... Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. My favorite films tend to... I like a lot of the cult classics. I'm a huge Kubrick fan, so I've seen... Lots of Kubrick films. You know, this is a very unpopular opinion, but one of my favorite Kubrick films is Eyes Wide Shut. And I know that is not the most, like, it's not the first Kubrick film you're going to think of, but I really enjoy it. One of my favorite movies of all time is Mr. Holland's Opus with Richard Dreyfus. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's just, this is a great story. Like, this is a good story. You know, Richard Dreyfuss has been pretty open about the bipolar. Oh, really? How, yes, yes, he has. And it's just so incredible So that he, I was reading this interview with him in the Bipolar magazine, and he said he was so frustrated, he almost gave up on acting and it was a good friend of his just said, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Don't give up. Don't give up yet. Don't give up. And the very next role that he booked was Mr. Holland's Opus. And just incredible, incredible performance by Richard Dreyfus in that film. You and I, you know, you and I have seen quite a few. Back in the day, we watched quite a few independent movies together. And I really feel like you... You introduced me to quite a few of these really, like, neat, smaller films. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember this one. We watched two movies together. We watched um, All the Real Girls, mm-hmm. which was a really neat film we saw together. And then this other smaller one, Raising Victor Vargas. Do you remember Raising Victor Vargas? But Victor Vargas was a fantastic movie. Oh, man, I got to check. Gotta go check that. I love a good 
story. I love a good story. I love a good redemption story. I think I'm an old soul. I'm like a 30-year-old grandma, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll watch the rom-coms to feel good, but mm-hmm. mostly I, you know, I want a good story like anybody else. Is there anything that you want to say to end this beautiful podcast, this beautiful conversation? This is a wonderful podcast, and I'm just, I'm so grateful that you're doing this. I'm really happy you're, you know, making this information available, and thank you so much for taking the time to to have this conversation and having me on. I just think it's just the neatest thing. Well, Rachel, I, I'm so happy that um, that you're, you're on, and I'm so happy we got everything right. I care about you very much. I love you very much, and I'm just so happy to know that you're okay and to know that you're happy and give your family my love, and we will talk in the future and be good to yourself. Good, 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 and I know that going forward, like the rest of 2020 is going to be better and just from here on out, like things are just looking up, you know, I really believe that I really, really do. Yeah. So let's just keep looking up.